0: Happy Thanksgiving across the pond. Happy day before Black Friday sales. This side of the pond, this is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here.
0: Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation.
2: Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Hey, this is Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yard NFL Podcast.
0: Thanksgiving coverage in the UK, not quite the same since Cecil Martin didn't, uh, doesn't slice the turkey anymore, but we'll get our feast of football Thursday night and me and the boys are here to break it all down and have a quick look back at what was uh, another interesting week in the NFL in week 11. Let's welcome the boys in. Josh, welcome my friend. I would say member of the full 10 yards podcast, but you've been doing the rounds this week, buddy. You're becoming infamous across the uh, the tinternet.
2: yeah, I had two yesterday, go for two and uh, was a guest a, guest appearance on UK Ravens, uh, you know, be that as it may. But uh, yeah, the voice is a little raspy, but I, c- couldn't, uh, I-, I couldn't say no to being back on air. You know, this is the day job. This is the one that gets me <laughs> up in the morning. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to be talking about another fantastic week of NFL football past and present with you both. And Thanksgiving to you both. I'm very thankful for you too.
0: Oh, that's very kind of you, mate. I'm glad you said this is the one that you know gets you up in the morning and not the one that pays the bills, because I was about to have a word with Tim if you'd have uttered that line, so uh, I'm glad you've clarified that. And Steve, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm thankful that we were able to push this back a day so that we could all watch the immense show that was the finale of the Great British Bake Off. And I am also glad that after the injustice of Jürgen going home, that the right man won. Or woman, no spoilers.
2: I was going to say, please, no spoilers.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Josh was busy podcasting. That's the reason me and Steve weren't here. We were glued into the Great British Bake Off. There you go, ladies and gents. We did we did 10 weeks, to be fair, Steve, of catching up on more four and all this kind of stuff. But you, you've got to watch the final live. So I've,
2: This has to be a yeah. nice British start to a US football podcast I think I've ever heard. <laughs> don't,
1: don't worry, Josh. We're going to get you eating one of those giant turkey legs in a second, you know, like the I always do on the thanksgiving Day <laughs> coverage on like on the american tv shows where they've got like somehow someone's eating a giant turkey leg <laughs> I, I'm,
2: I'm here i'm here for it lads let's bring it yeah
0: i do love that when i whenever i visit the states and go to the florida theme parks the big ten dollar turkey leg you see somebody walking around the theme park and you just think that's going to take somebody all afternoon just to eat that thing but uh <laughs> Anyway, we digress cold th- in an hour. <laughs> yeah. We digress for this. Let's talk some football before we get into Thanksgiving, because we've obviously got three games to look forward to on Thursday. I say look forward to loosely. We'll get on to that shortly. But um, let's have a look back at week eleven, another crazy week. I oh, I keep calling them crazy weeks. They're just normal weeks now, aren't they? Let's be honest. There is there is no rhyme or reason to this NFL season. Number one seeds losing, teams in playoff position losing. I mean, the chaos continues, doesn't it? It feels like the spirit of Dave Moore is well and truly alive in the NFL this season, full stop. Josh, you've been, like I say, doing a few different podcasts. I'm sure you've talked about it, mate. Give us a few takeaways from week 11.
2: Well, first of all, can we just say that I've been right on the Indianapolis Colts since the start, and they seem to be a true contender in the AFC all of a sudden. I think that their win over the Buffalo Bills was absolutely no fluke and uh long may it continue i actually think that they are now prime candidates for that wildcard spot that first um number five wildcard spot i should uh, specify seeing as there are three of them um they just took josh allen and the uh, bills off into pieces and it was a it was a delight to watch really as someone that's uh, all that they've heard all season is you're a bit high on the cults, aren't you no no just just right and uh yeah, that and then the the Patriots seem to be right at the Bills as well. I it, it was a terrible week for the Bills, really, when you think about it. The fact that their you know their holiday from Bill Belichick lasted about twelve months. It really did not last long at all. You know, twelve to twenty-four months, depending on how you view Brady's final year. Mm. Um. Yeah. Just realistically, you know, you think about teams that have had a bad week. I don't think that any have had as bad a week as the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, it was a good trouncing, wasn't it? Jonathan Taylor continuing to impress. Obviously, fifty-three if you played him fantasy
2: in... points. Yeah, That'll say, do. If you,
0: if you played him in fantasy, you were you were good. I, I did see a few teams that played Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor on the same team, which just feels like cheating at this stage of the season. Too. No, I fair.
2: can beat it. I can beat it. So, Jonathan Taylor and the Patriots' defense on the beautiful. same team, of which beautiful. got me to 11-0 and in the league. So, you know, the rich get richer on that one.
0: They do indeed. You mentioned the Patriots there. I mean, obviously, we're going back near enough a week now to Thursday night football. Another impressive performance from them. 25 to nothing over the Falcons. We said the Falcons train was a very slow-moving one, and then we joked last week it was in reverse. It seems to have obviously now come to a complete and utter stop. Um, so, probably put a fork in the Falcons season. But, Steve, plenty of other teams uh, still very much in contention. Give us a couple of your takeaways from week 11.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously just to quickly touch on it, the the Patriots look almost unstoppable at the moment. They've won five Ooh. in a row, believe it or not. Um, and uh, you know, they they uh, they have some tough fixtures coming up. They play the Titans next and then the Bills, Colts, Bills again. So they've got some real tough games, which will be a real test of this Patriots team. But five on the bounce, momentum, momentum rolls. I want to touch on how wrong I've been. I'm not gonna blow my own horn like Josh has. I, yes, I spent because I all can. of <laughs> <laughs> I spent all of last ep- last week's episode telling us how the the best teams in the NFL at the moment are winning games effectively and efficiently. The Packers and the Titans were two teams that I called out for doing it, and I said these teams are winning games every week—the games that they need to win. And what do they both go and do this week? They both go and lose.
2: How? How? I
1: just like the Packers losing to the Vikings is is inexcusable. Inexcusable. I know that. To, um, that Aaron Rodgers has got this toe injury, and you know, but he certainly looked okay. Um, that that Packers defense that I was lauding just looked—I don't know what happened to it. How did the Vikings put thirty-four points up against it?
2: Vikings are the best five-win team in football, and then right, they were the best four-win team in football, and they were the best mm, three-win team in football. Mm,
1: mm, Nick Sirianni might have something to say about that. Um, <laughs> and then the Titans—the Titans lost to the Texans. The Texans—that was just
2: funny. That was just
1: funny. <laughs> The Texans, the team that at the start of this season, the three of us had a conversation about whether or not they would win a game. And, and now they've got, now they are beaten the Titans. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah, it's, you, you said it at the top of the show, Sean, I don't know what the NFL is this season. Teams win that shouldn't win. Teams lose that shouldn't lose. No one seems to want to win it. I think the winners of this week were the Cardinals, obviously, yeah. the Patriots, and... Let's just take a second and notice that the Chiefs are back. The Chiefs yeah. are very much back. They 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 lured us all lured us all into a false sense of security and thought we all thought they were rubbish and now they are very much not. And it would not surprise me if they win the AFC. It really wouldn't. Because I think they're gonna roll from here and they're just getting stuff done you know they, they've they now put was it four wins on the bounce now i think it is yep. for kansas city so yeah this you know they, it's sometimes it's not pretty but they are starting to click and their offense is starting to click and that defense is now playing lights out to keep that cowboys team out of the end zone uh, is is incredibly impressive um
2: i do wonder if the titans have just enough to get over the line before them i think that they've got is it one game on them at the moment one maybe two and the titans i think have a prettier schedule But apart from that, I think it is going to be close.
1: I think with the the Titans, the concerning thing about the Titans, and I've been seeing this a lot across the NFL this week of pundits and analysts and such, is that people are questioning, can you really trust Ryan Tannehill? Is Ryan Tannehill really the answer? And, you know, we've sung his, I've sung his praises. He looks a different quarterback than he did in Miami. But can you really trust him? So be interested to see how they cope, especially if Henry's still going to be out for another sort of five or six weeks.
2: Yeah, true.
0: Yeah, no doubt it was his worst game for the Titans. I think he probably deserves a bit of credit for what he's done since he's been there. But I think certainly after the back of the performance he had this week, it's obviously going to raise some alarm bells. And as you say, that big matchup, we'll get into that in a minute. The Patriots and the Titans clash on Sunday. All of a sudden looks a huge game. Let's go through some of the other ones from week 11. We're not going to spend too much time on it because we are obviously very much removed from week 11 now. The Ravens squeeze out another one, 16-13 to the Bears. Me and Josh Bang get heads against the wall every Sunday night. Um, it seemed as though the Bears had won it with a Andy Dalton miracle. Um, but the Ravens had enough time to go and march the field and uh, punch in of another score. Of course they did. So, yeah, the Ravens eke out another one without Lamar Jackson, it's got to be said as well. Keep an eye on his injury status. Uh, the Browns win ugly against the Lions, but a win is a win. Um, it feels like the world's collapsing, but they are still 6-5 and five and still very much everything in front of them if they can actually get out of their own way, which will be interesting over the next few weeks. Um, Panthers, Washington, Cam Newton sort of threatened to have a glorious day, but the Washington football team all of a sudden have found a little bit of form, probably left it far too late in the season, but they've been back to back games for the first time this season. Off the uh, back of a decent defensive showing and another decent performance, it's got to be said, from Taylor Heineke. 49ers roll the Jags 30-10. to 10. Dolphins continue their little winning streak 24-17 over the Jets. The Eagles. Steve, I'm not going to skip this one without giving you a chance to come and blow your own trump here, mate. I've got to say, the Eagles, to me, have been as an impressive team as anybody in the last month of football. 40-29 to 29 over the Saints. And Jalen Hurts looks a real, real good fit in this offence.
1: He really does. And do you know what? When he was announced as the starter for this season, I very much thought it was a case of, OK, let's see what he can do. But in reality, he's probably not going to be there for much longer than one year. This is a stopgap sort of appointment. But every week that goes by and every week he starts to settle more into this offense and learns you know, new coaching system, new coaching staff, you know, all new schemes, all this sort of stuff every every week he looks better he looks more polished and mm. the rushing attack again was insane i think they put up 260 plus yards on the number one rushing defense in the league like i i this this offense i mean obviously the defense faltered a little bit in the fourth quarter um we let the saints bring back 22 points i think 19 of which were unanswered at one stage so you know they were it was it was it was a bit disappointing to see us sort of you know, fold defensively. But when the offense is putting up 40 points, you know, you, you, you can't, you're not really going to complain. So, you know, the, the Eagles look real good at the moment. And I've, you know, I've seen from a number of people that if if you are, uh, if you're any real team in, in the NFC or, or any of the Eagles upcoming opponents, I think the Eagles are one of the teams in the NFL at the moment right now that you don't want to be playing. Because that, that, that rush attack is rolling um, and their all-line is playing really good football um like uh, there was a clip of jason kelsey who's a 33 year old center just absolutely pancaking a guy off on a rushing play like you know you don't see that very often so yeah no it's really exciting at the moment they play the giants on sunday who by the way have fired someone someone's been fired at the nfl jason garrett has been fired and he leaves freddie kitchens as the offensive coordinator who you hey, are familiar freddie. with and I've been told that he is very much not an upgrade on Jason Garrett. So I'm looking forward to something. Uh,
0: interim Freddy was far better than permanent Freddy. So we'll see what happens This there. is true.
2: Interim I Freddy would, was in, at least interesting.
1: In, in, I will leave Freddy that up to fantastic. your judgment because I don't know anything about Freddy kitchens But it <laughs> is way, he's
2: aggressive. <laughs> interim, <laughs> interim Freddy's aggressive and he won't mind getting Danny Dimes' arm going a little bit so there's at least that um something i want to touch on steve you say that jalen hurts is considered as a bit of a stock gaffe do you not think that uh, do you do you not think that they'll roll with him now i think that he's really grown into you know the the role of starting qb and i reckon that if they use their free first round picks on necessary players that they need to elevate i, I actually have them down for a playoff win next year oh, you know
1: oh wow I- absolutely like i I, that was my view at the start of the year now we are 11 games in I've seen enough from Jalen Hurts for him to show that he is growing every week, he's learning the offense, and he is getting better. He still needs to work on some things. His accuracy, for one, is something he needs to work on. He's, at, he's, he's suffered from a couple of his receivers dropping passes that they shouldn't yeah. be dropping, which obviously doesn't look good on him. There was a there was a touchdown in the in the Denver game a couple of weeks back that was a perfectly thrown touchdown pass, and it was dropped by Quez Watkins. So, you know, that sort of stuff doesn't help. But yeah, he's definitely shown me that he is enough to move forward with, and this offense is evolving. You know, they're handing. Now, contracts as well. They've just extended Dallas Goddard, tight end. Obviously after Zach Ertz left, they've just extended the cornerback of Vonnie Maddox. Like you know, they're locking up this young talent. And this Eagles 2018 uh, draft hall, I think of the five players that they signed, four of them have been signed to contract extensions, and the fifth is Miles Sanders, who you'd think is probably going to get one at some point soon. So it looks a pretty good draft class for a team that famously can't really draft. Um, <laughs> but no, absolutely. I think you've got three first round picks, and it looked it probably that you'd assume that the fir- all three of them are going to be in the sort of top 20 you'd imagine yeah. that, you know roughly so
2: well carson went saying about to um break a leg today and then yeah. not play for the rest of the season
1: exactly so yeah i think jalen hurts has shown me enough to to let him be the quarterback and spend them on on positions that we need to address safety cornerback defensive line you know address those positions the eagles haven't spent a first round draft pick on a defensive player in something like eight seasons oh wow so you know, use the, use that capital on a on a defence and, and then maybe you won't actually lose games when your offence can't get, get going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll get on to the, the preview coming up. But like you say certainly the next couple of weeks favourable for the Eagles. I wouldn't rule them out getting the playoffs this year, let alone next year, but we'll yep, we'll touch on point. that. We'll touch on that shortly. Um, Raiders, Bengals. The Raiders um, took a bit longer than normal this year to probably let their season collapse, but it's certainly collapsing now. The Bengals, 32-13, winners in a game that was never really close. Uh, the Chiefs, as we mentioned earlier, 19-9 to over the Cowboys. Didn't really... Um, come the game that we all anticipated. It might, the Cowboys really struggled on offense uh, without Tyron Smith, but like I say, credit to the Chiefs' defense in particular, which really has come to play the last few weeks. Cardinals, 23-13. The Cardinals keep surviving without their superstars. Um, if Russell Wilson wanted out after 12-4, God knows what he's going to want after this debacle of a season. Uh, best game of the week, probably Sunday night football, fellas. Charges 41. Steelers, 37. Um... These were two teams that were in playoff positions going into the game. Quite the day for Austin Eckler. Quite the day for Justin Herbert. Quite the day for Keenan. Let's be honest, I could go through anybody on offense from. And to be fair, to be fair from both sides. To be honest, you know, Big Ben was back in the lineup. Three touchdowns for him, and you know, I suppose the disappointment for the Steelers was be that the ground game didn't necessarily get going. But you know, Johnson and Claypool had good games through the air. Um, This was a really, really good contest and, you know, certainly one that, um, you know, I think if you're a neutral, you've got to be excited by Justin Herbert, you know, second year in the league, absolutely lighting up, Um, you know, 27 points in that fourth quarter, though, from the Steelers. I mean, I, I know a number of Steelers fans who were watching this that basically went to bed at the end of the third quarter thinking it was a done deal. Um, so, yeah, really good game to close out Sunday. And finally, rounding out the week, things back to normal in Tampa. If you need a get right game, you want somebody like the Giants, don't you? 30 points to 10, the Bucks over the Giants. That was week 11. Like I so. say, we we're a bit removed from it, so we haven't gone into our usual. Depth of conversation, of course, as ever, if you want to see who a brilliant writer, Sean Tyler, has picked for the game balls this week in terms of star man on the offense, defense plays of the week, gaps of the week, all of that kind of stuff. Check out the article as ever on fulltenyards.com. And see who Sean has selected. Um, I think you could probably guess the offensive player of the week. Possibly. Um, but yeah, yeah go Baker, and check it obviously. Of course, of course. <laughs> go and check it out on the website. Um, hope you do that week in and week out. Let's move our attention then, boys, to what is now week number 12. Um, week 12. Week 12. My God. Week 12 of 18. Officially two-thirds of the way through the regular season.
2: Feels like we it's jump. been longer.
0: I've now aspect. gotten
2: to the point where it now feels like it's been forever, and I just want the playoffs now. Because as a Browns fan, for example, I'm so emotionally tired.
0: It does feel like that to some extent. I I, I get where you're coming from, but all I will say, mate, is in about twelve weeks from now, we'll all be sitting there wishing that we had football. So let's oh, embrace absolutely.
2: it. Absolutely, absolutely. Imbra- that is the NFL fan curse, isn't it?
1: It is, mate. it is. This is the business end of the season as well, isn't it? Now, win, wins at this end of the season mean something, you know. Yeah. In week three, when someone wins and they go two and one, you don't really think much about it. But now, when someone wins, now when they go, you know, eight and four, all of a sudden that means something.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: No, it does indeed. We're not going to spend too much time on Thanksgiving. So now, obviously, the betting lads have been on. <laughs> earlier in the night, and they've gone through the best bets for all the weekend. Obviously, it's a Thank big day. The they did draw the short straw. God bless them. But it's always it's always a fun day to look forward to. We were talking before we hit the record button. You know, you can come home from work and you have got three games to look forward to, or certainly two in the sort of watchable window. Obviously, if you're Saints and Bills fans or a hardcore neutral, you may well stay up for what is probably the most appealing game on paper, at least, in terms of the Saints and the Bills. Um, but very quickly, fellas, in terms of the Thanksgiving slate, just very quickly, just get a few views on the games and, and a bit of a, a sort of Thanksgiving's pick for the three games. So, Josh, let's start with you. We start with Lions-Bears, we move to Cowboys-Raiders and then Saints-Bills-Ranzio, which, uh, what are you looking forward to in each of these and who are taking to get the victory?
2: So, in Bears-Lions, I'm looking forward to watching some football on a Thursday late evening, well, mid-evening. As to the actual game itself, I guess I'm looking forward to whatever Dan Campbell has up his sleeve this week. Um, mostly because I have to admit, the Lions seem well coached. They seem like they have god-awful talent, but they seem well coached on like the one or two things that can disrupt the team, and they they deserve results for it. You know that they're, they're the they're the raggedy band of kids that you just think, go on, go on, just just let them have some it like. You know, against the Browns last week, they knew to stop everything underneath. They knew to ram the line and ram everything underneath and, you know, force things out wide. Um, against the Ravens, they, they knew to apply pressure against the Steelers. They knew to try and halt the run game and force the throws, you know... It's actually very interesting to watch, Um, unlike Matt Nagy and the Bears, who just seem to, despite being given everything, you know, against the Ravens, they were given no Lamar Jackson. And even then they couldn't put up more than 13 points. Was it something like that? You know, they have opportunities in front of them and they they just seem to throw it away. So I'm looking forward to the Lions actually doing something, but I do pick the Bears. Just, just on the
0: lions. I mean, take your point. Certainly from a defensive standpoint, you know they played well last week. Um, they seem to sort of have this pattern, don't they? have playing decently one week and then disappearing the next, etc., mm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Offensively, we heard a lot last week um, about the fact that Jared Goff wasn't going to be playing, and you know there was this expectation that Tim Boyle, with a big arm, was going to be able to throw more passes downfield. Etc, etc. Now, don't get me wrong. It may have been part of the game plan to sort of limit what the Browns pass rush could do. Um, But Tim Boyle did not throw the ball. Tim Boyle did not throw the ball downfield. He finished with 77 yards on 15 completions. Tim Boyle Uh, didn't
2: need to. DeAndre DeAndre Swift runs that offense,
0: or at least should. He he may well do, but obviously, you know, the expectation is that there's going to be no Goff again this week they're going to be going against a back quarterback. So, Steve, in terms of this, you know, the Lions, let's face it, it's a, it's a lost season. They're now in a position where they, you know, quote-unquote can afford to win a game and still have the number one overall pick in the draft. This is the only time they're now going to get the national spotlight. If you're Tim Boyle, surely you've got to be saying to Dan Campbell, let me throw the ball more than three yards past the line of scrimmage because... What have they got to lose, mate? Surely this is their opportunity to go out and make a statement and have a bit of fun on Thanksgiving.
1: It's like the LA game a few weeks back. Like they went out there and they had those trick plays and they had the fake punt and the fake kick and you know and, and all that sort of stuff and it worked and they went up was it was it uh, ten ten nothing against the LA Rams like you know why not try something like you know run some of these packages that you may not have tried to use because you didn't want to you know put yourself in a bad position in a game or something like that at this point in time like you say you've got nothing to lose you haven't won a game all season um in some games you've looked absolutely dreadful like just why not yeah give it a chance like if this if if he's got the big arm as as they say you know get some of your receivers downfield run some go routes and see what they can see what he can do if one of them comes off and you net a 60 yard gain then let deandre swift do the rest like josh said um this you know this lions team it it must be so difficult and you guys obviously know what it feels like to support a team where you where you're just willing the end of the season to come along and you're sort of almost saying like well I hope we don't win because then we can get a better draft pick but at the same time I always want my team to win so it must have been a very difficult scenario but I think the Lions actually might have a chance of winning this one like I think they do win a game like you said Josh they're very well coached like they, they do play hard in a lot of games Um I think this is probably one of the games that they could look to because the, the Bears are a dumpster fire like why can't just fire Matt Nagy already like you know so but, yeah, I think this is. they've got a chance with this one. I wouldn't write it off.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Let's move on then to the second game. Cowboys, Raiders, um, 9.30 UK kickoff time. Uh, dare I say it, boys, the Cowboys, two defeats out of three since Dak Prescott's returned. They've got a lot of trouble all of a sudden at wide receiver. Um, you know, dare I say you look at the schedule, the Raiders just said that they're sort of slipping away, it would seem. But then they've got the Saints, who've got a really tough defence. We know that. Washington, all of a sudden, seems to have found some form. They've still got um, a game with the Cardinals. They've got to play the Eagles. You know, they, All of a sudden, this Cowboys team that seemingly were running away with the NFC East and potentially running away with, you know, whether it be home field advantage, but certainly one of the sort of top seeding positions in the playoffs, all of a sudden, are they going to be looking over the shoulders in this one? Josh, I'm going to come to you first on it. I think we probably all be probably picking the Cowboys just in terms of the, the sort of money line in the pick selection, but certainly not an easy game. And you're going to need to see a lot more from the Cowboys than we've seen in two of the last three weeks.
2: Yeah. So on the pod I did last night, I not only picked the Cowboys on the money line, I also picked them on the seven-point spread as well, um, simply because they are playing the team that you'd want to play right now. You know, the Raiders really are on a slide. Um, Derek Carr can't seem to um, can't can't seem to keep hold of the ball. He seems to be very turnover happy. I think it's five games in a row where he's had at least one interception. Um, the team there, there's no cohesion on that offense by the looks of it, and they don't look great on defense either. I you know they were playing a very good Chiefs team. I thought on Sunday um, where. Anything that the Cowboys tried to do, they weren't able to do it. Like, I realise that they're on a bit of a slide at the moment, but they hit the Chiefs at the wrong time, whereas I think they're actually hitting the Raiders at the right time. So I imagine that this will be a bit of a correction week for them, and I can't see the Raiders arresting their slide at the moment. I think that the impact of these, you know, we've spoken quite a lot over the last few weeks about just how emotion, you know, you want to talk about emotionally draining, the Raiders have had such an emotionally draining season in practically every possible aspect. Um, you know, I think it's finally coming to catch them now. And I I think that the Cowboys, especially on a short week, um, will be the ones that will just uh, out-coach the Raiders and uh, comfortably see victory here.
0: Yeah, It's three defeats in a row for the Raiders, um, and realistically, they're not out of things. But obviously, this wild card race in the AFC is so so tight. You don't. That think Bengals they game afford. was huge. Yeah, you you can't realistically see them being allowed even one more defeat. You know, if they win out from here, well, if they win out from here, it'd be twelve and five. You'd think they'd be in, but one more defeat, eleven and six. Would it get them in? Who knows? With the way the AFC looks at them anymore. But from a Dallas' perspective, Steve, like I said, they'll be looking to write what's been going wrong. I know Zeke's been talking about they want to get back to the run game because that seemed to be what was sort of the the sort of um, you know the magic formula, if you like, at the start of the season. Um, you know they've gotten away from that in recent weeks. You know Dak actually threw the ball 43 times on Sunday in a game that was never, you know, a a sort of blowout, if you like. You know, it only ended up as a 10-point margin of defeat, but, you know, they only actually had 16 carries in the game against 43 pass attempts. It seems as though... I'm not an NFL coach. i am not paid millions of dollars a year, but sometimes to the casual fan, it just looks so obvious from the outside looking in. Why have they gotten away from what was working so well? And is it almost going to be by default with the injuries that they've got at wide receiver that actually they get back to what was working so well for them just a few short weeks ago?
1: So I, and I'm always careful when I talk about the Cowboys not to come across as too biased because obviously I'm an Eagles fan. But watching that Cowboys game against the Chiefs at the weekend, you know, I think there's, there's some concern beginning to arise with this Cowboys team because of how good they've been so far. And I think... There's some red flags that are starting to appear that they need to be a little bit worried about. Now, you talk about the run game being established. They could not establish the run on Sunday. Tony Pollard had seven carries for 50 yards. Zeke had nine carries for 32, averaging 3.6 a carry. Like that's not, the, that's not the Dallas rushing offense that have put up 150 plus yards between the two of them in games gone by. Um, I know they were down their two top receivers because Amari Cooper didn't play and CeeDee Lamb left the game pretty early with a concussion. So obviously if you take away two top receivers from any NFL team, they're going to struggle, but they just looked uncharacteristically bad through the air and Dak. And, the, but this is the telling thing for me. I will give them that because they lost their two top receivers. So, you know, I'll give them that. But the telling thing is that Dak was sacked five times. Now the Cowboys strength this season has been the surprisingly good play of their all line. I said at the start of the season, their all line was aging. There was guys on there that are injury prone. I didn't think they'd stack up to it, but I will hold my hands up. They have proven me wrong. They've been excellent this all line so far on Sunday. They were not that cannot get sacked five times. And you've got a Raiders team coming to town with the likes of Yannick and Gokwe who has had flashes in the past where he's been lit up the league in terms of his, his pass rushing numbers. So if they can get to Dak again, then, then he can cause more issues. They've still got to get this run game going, but can they get it going? I, is is, Ezekiel, is is Ezekiel Elliott? Does he have the capacity to still go deep into a season? Has is the is there any gas left in the tank because of how much he's already been used throughout his career? You know, he was some of the numbers for his carries throughout this stage in his career are astonishing. So there are shoots of. Red flags that I would say that you know Dallas needs to address if they, if they're going to go somewhere this season. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to lose out from here. I, I still think they'll win this division because they already have seven wins, you know, and I can they can easily pick up another probably two or three, which will see them to the divisional title. But there were things happening in in that team in the offense that I think were just not clicking. And the other thing with the chiefs as well is that this, yes, this was a good chiefs team and they clicked a little bit on Sunday, but that chiefs defense in weeks gone by has been dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And yet the Cowboys only put up nine points. So I know that their D line has sort of come alive and, you know, they've obviously they showed on Sunday, but yeah, with, with Dallas, you know, you know, again, I've, I've predicted this before. I predicted against the Atlanta weather, and then they went out and smashed Atlanta. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do put up a result. And I think they probably will. I think like you said, Josh, they're playing the right team at the right time. You know, like the, 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 the Raiders are not in a good space right now. So it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas do win. And you know, I've been a proponent of win. However you can, if it's, you win ugly, mm. it doesn't matter. You still win. Yeah. So I think they've got to do that. And then, and then they've got to look to get Ceedee lamb back. If he doesn't play this week and Amari Cooper, and then, you know, maybe that things will start to click again. But there are some things that are still a little concerning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The main event, if you like, of the evening, um, or very late Friday morning for us in the UK, the Saints and the Bills, obviously the Cowboys and Lions get Thanksgiving games year in and year out. And then we we get one decent game, usually. Um, Looked a decent game on paper. uh, But talk about needing to win ugly. Saints lost three in a row. Bills lost two of the last three. The Bills all of a sudden looking up in the division. The Saints clinging on to wildcard spots in the NFC playoff race. Huge game this one, Josh. Which way do you see it going?
2: Well, you say that the Saints are clinging on. You know that scene in Lion King where he's just clasping onto the cliff and you just see him just take each toe off. That's what Josh Allen's going to do this Friday morning, I think. Because... I I I I'm just not in on the Saints anymore. I think that they've finally hit their ceiling the ah uh, the adrenaline I suppose of what happened with um that Buccaneers game and with James Winston going out and you know riding off the back of that energy I think that's all gone and at the end of it they are an offense in a bit of disarray, a defense that you can't really pin down. I have to admit, it's, what, Week 12? I still don't know who the New Orleans Saints are, really. And they're such an odd team to, to define and pin down of, which could well be, you know, the, you know a, a storm in a teacup, really, when you come to pick them with anything. Um, but, you know, I just talked about playing the right team at the right time. I think the Bills are about to do that with the Saints. The Bills are a good team. They just seem to implode every now and then. Um, I think they came up against a good team with a good game plan against them in the Colts. I don't think the Saints are going to have that same vigour. And also, it's a short week, so I'm going to give it to the team that is likely to win. And I reckon they're going to win well.
1: I think I would just say quickly after watching the Saints last week, they are not helped by injuries at the moment. Like Alvin Kamara missed the game. Their running game just didn't really get going. Um, they were missing both tackles. Armstead and Ramschick were both out. And that doesn't help. When you've got both sides playing backup, like that's that's never a good for a quarterback. And also just plain and simply, Trevor Simeon is not the answer, unfortunately. You know, he will he will guide you through some games and he might pick up a couple of wins here and there, but he is not the answer. He threw some really, really strange Passes. the one to Darius Slay for the interception was very odd so yeah this this Saints team seem to be sort of just bumbling through the season but they, they need an answer at quarterback because now with Winston tearing his ACL is that a long term commitment that you want to make probably not you know there's another Crazy fake contract that's been given to Taysom Hill, where he gets no, loads of guaranteed money if he becomes their starting quarterback within the next four years. How old will Taysom Hill be in four years? 35? Five.
2: 35? 35? No, <laughs> a 31 year old, this contract, a 31 year old that he doesn't even know his true position. How?
1: I know. It's crazy. So, yeah, I think the Saints team are sort of, like you said, sort of bumbling through the season. It just and, and that defense looked uncharacteristically bad last week. The, the you know, one of the best defenses in the league looked really uncharacteristically bad. But I will also say the same about the Bills. Like I was high on the Bills and I still think they are a good team like you, Josh, but they just keep losing games where I'm like, how did you lose that game? Like, and and I just don't know what the issue is at the moment. I think mm. you mentioned Sean about six weeks ago that, you know, they need to get the run game going and they're still not getting it going. So maybe that is. And they won't. They yeah.
2: They won't. They just don't have one. They, yeah. they they rely on the arm, and if you take the arm away, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't think they banked on the Patriots being quite so uh, feisty so soon as well. Um, So, yeah, we'll wait and see how the Bills respond. Like I say, big game for those two early hours of Friday. Sunday, though, fellas, if if we're disappointed with the Thursday slate, and to be fair to the NFL, they obviously picked this weeks and weeks in advance. I believe it's the first time ever that all six teams playing on Thanksgiving are coming off the back of a loss. Is that right, Steve? I believe that's right.
1: It is indeed for the first time since Thanksgiving. The three game slate started in 2006 it is the first time that every single one of the six teams is coming off a loss. So, if you weren't already excited for the Thanksgiving games, <laughs> there you go. Thanks, NFL.
0: <laughs> indeed. Indeed. But to be fair, they've saved obviously some juicy matchups for Sunday. So, let's get into Sunday, fellas. There's nothing that appeals more to me than this one straight off the bat. The Texans and the Jets. I mean, that's the one everybody <laughs> wants. Um, All joking aside, let's whiz through a few of them that aren't going to be capturing much attention. Texans and Jets, all jokes aside, two teams that obviously in losing seasons, Texans with a big win last week that nobody saw coming. Um, The Jets seemingly after a bit of a miracle Mike White performance two or three weeks ago have reverted to type. Um, So yeah, two very poor teams going head to head there. Same can be said probably for the Jags and the Falcons. Um, You know... How are these two
2: games in a row? How are these two on the same week? Something, by the way, Sean, just to add to that Jets one, just before we uh, jet past it, that um zach wilson better play on sunday because the other two quarterbacks <laughs> are uh, inactive
0: yeah. yeah they haven't got one yeah it's amazing how he's COVID keeps finding its way just to the non-vaccinated players isn't it incredible how that seems to work
1: trade for a quarterback spend a sixth round pick on getting him don't play him and then he gets COVID. wonderful yeah. jets wonderful
0: indeed indeed yeah jaguars falcons again not exactly going to be drawing much attention um The Jags seem, again, pretty clueless. You know, they had a great win against the Bills. They had the big win in London, but then obviously got walloped last weekend by the 49ers. Uh, We obviously know that the Falcons are coming off the back of, what, three points in eight quarters of football? Dearly me. I thought the Browns were bad. Yeah, not exactly great in Atlanta at the moment. Um, Other ones on the the early... Go on, Steve.
1: Just quickly, if the Falcons win this week, every single team in the NFC South will have five wins. At least that's, that's crazy. That when we were that thinking, some of these teams to go like two wins on the season, all of them will have five wins. If the Falcons win this week, which they could do. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Dolphins
0: pay. Uh, Dolphins, Panthers obviously means something probably more. Well, I, I said last week, I jokingly said the Dolphins weren't out of it. I mean, if they keep winning, who knows with the way the AFC is going, but you, you'd think the Dolphins race is probably run. Well, they're obviously showing signs of a recovery. Uh, the Panthers, like I so, said, the, the Cam Newton spark didn't last too long. Um, they need a win to get back in contention. Um, Giants and Eagles, obviously, you know, we talked earlier about the Eagles. We said they've got a nice couple of game stretch coming up here over the Giants this week, the Jets next week. Every chance that the Eagles end up at seven wins no, at the end of that. Really and who be. knows who knows where they will be. Um, but certainly for the Giants, firing Jason Garrett. Um, oh, look, I do we joke about Jason Garrett. He's become a bit of a laughing stock in the NFL, hasn't he? But I don't think firing Jason Garrett's necessarily going to solve a lot here. It's an organisation that seemingly needs to blow it all up and start again. Don't think Danny Dimes is the answer, don't think he ever was. It was a massive overreach. Um but Steve, just from a Eagles perspective, um, surely you've got to be imagining that you're evening up the record at five hundred here.
1: The Giants is always a weird game. It's that divisional game where you always get a little bit nervous because it's the Giants, but yet the Eagles have beaten the Giants twelve of the last fourteen meetings, so they've got a pretty good record in recent history. But it's just the Giants, and you just I just know what's like. they It wouldn't surprise me if they just their offense just clicks all of a sudden. But at the same time, the Eagles are this team. Like they should roll them over. They really should. If they're not five, if they're not five and five sorry 6 and 6 um by the end of the weekend i'll be i'll be pretty disappointed um so yeah hopefully the eagles should really show up i did see something interesting about jason garrett though someone suggested that he should become a quarterbacks coach because you know what he some, some of the stuff he teaches quarterbacks is actually quite good he just shouldn't be trusted to run any sort of offense <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly the case based on uh, past history. I wouldn't I wouldn't want him anywhere near my team, that's for sure. Final one, we'll gloss over, fellas, and then we'll talk a little bit more in depth on the others. He's the Monday night football game, Washington, Seattle. Like I said, Washington seemingly found a bit of form. Seattle just looking for a bit of anything at the moment. It feels like a long divorce to what seems almost an inevitable divorce from Pete Carroll. I know, Steve, your hot seat has mentioned Pete Carroll. I'm imagining it's getting warmer by the week. Um, and it almost seems inevitable that he is going to depart at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I think all roads are leading that way, aren't they? I think he's getting out-coached by younger coaches now, and I think he's getting to the point now where Seattle needs a change. They need a change at a coach. I think Russell Wilson's a fantastic player, but people sometimes just need a new, fresh uh, scenery, so maybe he needs to leave as well. But yeah, I think we are heading towards an inevitable Pete Carroll exit from Seattle.
2: I think Seattle might need a bit of a break from Russell Wilson as well. I've, you know, I, I actually can't see any positive uptick from Geno Smith at the moment. I can't actually see any any noticeable in, increase in, in talents at the moment at that position in Seattle. And, you know, we're going from Geno Smith to Russell Wilson. So yeah. something's wrong there. And I think you have to lay quite a bit of that at the player as well.
0: Yeah. You could do, but I think there'd probably be thirty teams interested in Russell Wilson if he's. Available. Oh, of course, so, it would uh, be. We'll, of of course, course, it would
2: be. be. Just more, more of a something to watch. Maybe that foot, that maybe that finger is not uh, all that healed up. Maybe.
0: Could well be. Could well be. The rest of the games, though, fellas, genuinely are interesting games. Teams that are very much in playoff contention, in divisional contention. There's some inter-division matchups, which are huge. So let's have a quick look. We've got probably, what, 20 minutes or so left of the pod. So let's get into them Mm -hmm. in a bit of depth. Patriots-Titans. Titans Titans leading the AFC still, despite that shocking defeat to the Texans. The Patriots, arguably, the best team in football right now, based on the last three to four weeks of play. Um, I was actually just looking, in terms of point differential... The Patriots are by far the best team in the NFL. They've actually got 123 plus point differential. Yeah, um, the last three games
2: helps with that. It
0: certainly does. Um, you know, but massively ahead of anybody else. They're on a five game win streak, the longest win streak of anybody in the NFL. Um, This isn't the game the Titans would have wanted, Josh, to come back against after that shocking defeat. And, you know, all of a sudden, another defeat here, they would very much be looking over the shoulders.
2: Now, I want you to tell me if you've heard this one before, right? You have a Bill Belichick team going up against a offense that has no running game and most, if not all, of their main wide receivers out against a quarterback that you don't know if he's going to have a good or a bad game, and it pretty much rests on his shoulders as to how the offense goes. Now, in the last few weeks, have you heard that before? Falcons, Browns, pretty much anyone that they've faced. Bill Belichick is going to have such a easy time of scheming up what he's going to do on defense. The Titans' defense isn't exactly great itself. The Patriots actually opened up on the betting at five and a half points ahead and when you consider that the titans have the best record in football at the moment or second best in football um you know that's that's madness you know that's not home field advantage that's that in that in vegas is you know a route and to be honest with you i fully support it i think that the patriots are gonna have a field day here i don't know what you think steve
1: Yeah, I think that you look at this Patriots defense, and some of the numbers are just exceptional. Like, like they're only allowing just over sixteen points per game yeah. for the opposition like that's that's really really good um they're holding uh, teams to only 229.6 pass yards allowed per game like they're just they're just taking away the passing game and with this titans team if you take away the passing game at the that's moment it. they're running it yeah their running attack is lacking a certain derrick henry um you know they didn't they release um um Adrian Peterson.
2: Adrian Peterson, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So he's gone. He he lasted long. <laughs> um, so yeah, You know, if we have said if you'd have told me about this two weeks ago, I'd have probably said, yeah, I think the Titans will win that easy. But the the coin has just flipped on its head, and you know, the Titans have shown us before that 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 uh, they can lose a game and then bounce back. Um, but this Patriots team are an absolute steamroller right now. They've won five in a row. They look absolutely unstoppable. Uh, Mac Jones is playing just really good, consistent football. And like you say, Belichick knows how to win. Um and it just would not surprise me if, if the if the Patriots go on and win the uh win the AFC East from here. I really do think that they've got a chance of doing it. Um but yeah, I, I think I'd tip the, the uh the Patriots to win this one, as it's a Foxborough as well.
2: Um Yeah, that definitely doesn't I mean, help. It is going to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But this is also another example. I feel like I've uh, said it three or four times tonight, and I'm probably going to continue saying it as it goes, playing teams at the right time. The Patriots over the last few weeks definitely have, and this is definitely another example of it. You can get one of the best teams in football on paper currently by record in the situation that they're in. And you have a coach that, you know, eats that sort of situation for breakfast, then, you know, it seems a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Certainly running into them at the right time. Obviously, hoping for a slip-up from the Titans will be the Colts. Certainly not out of the divisional race, and they host the Buccaneers, so... Big game this one, and the Bucs, like I say, back to winning ways. Move to seven and three. The Colts, obviously, off that back of back of the huge win over Buffalo. And Steve, like I say, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we thought after the Titans swept the series with the Colts that that was game over for the division. It obviously doesn't help them from a tiebreaker perspective and all that. So it's still seemingly a bit of a long way back, but it certainly doesn't all of a sudden seem a unmanageable bridge for them to cross. Um, but this is a big game against Tom Brady in the books. Um, a really entertaining game in prospect, I would suggest.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you you'd naturally look towards the run game in this one, especially from the Jonathan Taylor angle because he had such a good game last week. However, this is where the Colts might come a bit unstuck because this this uh, Tampa Bay rush defense is so good; they're only allowing seventy eight yards a game on the ground. So, you know, they're good. The, the Colts are going to have their work come out for them. I, you know, I, I'm. The Colts have looked better over the last few weeks than I thought their season would go. Like, you know, when they started, it was zero and three. They started, and you know, they didn't look great at all to begin the season. Um, But they've got, they've pulled it back. They're six and five now. And you know, if they can manage to to pull out a win against Tampa, they'd move to seven and five. And what would be intriguing? I'd I'd be intrigued to get your opinion on this, Josh, because you you are high on the Colts. If the Patriots do beat the Titans, the Titans will move to eight and four. With the Colts seven and five only one game back from them, you know, that's certainly not done and dusted like we all thought it was going to be. I mean, obviously that's dependent on the Colts being the books, which is obviously a huge ask. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think this Colts team is improving. This The the books are not, as dominant as as I think many predicted them to be. But I think that's the same as last season. Like in the in the regular season last year, the Bucs weren't particularly dominant as such. They lit it up towards the end and then they went on that massive run and just couldn't be beaten right at the end of the season. Um, so this is the same. And, and are the Bucs and Brady going to hold it back for the postseason and then show everyone how it's done again? Maybe. But, you know, they lose surprising games. I did not expect them to lose to Washington last week. You know, that's, that's very, very rare in a game that you... That's the, that's the sort of, wow, really, did you lose that game? Um, so I, I would still expect the Bucks to win this one. I think uh, Brady will want to get going again. He, he, he won't want to be losing back-to-back games against opponents that he should be beating. Um, and you're only ever, you know, a, a turn around the corner away from Carson Wentz doing something moronic. So <laughs> that is also something to expect as well.
2: Was that just a little bit of emotional projecting there, Steve? He G- threw a left-handed
1: a interception. Let's not forget that. <laughs> left-handed.
2: I saw Patrick Mahomes do something similar a few weeks back, and I don't remember us getting quite on him as we did Carson Wentz. Um, no. So I've been high on the Colts, but I think that this might be just a little too high, um, simply because... I have to admit I really enjoyed watching the Bucks on Monday night. I thought that they were back to how they were their fluid best. Brady was on another planet. You know, he seems to I think that the loss to Washington really fired a rocket up him. And I think that the Bucks last year, they needed a couple of stupid losses to really get their season rolling. I think back to the night game against the Bears, for example, last year, which seemed to really fire a rocket up them. Um, I think that this might be that game for them this year, uh, Washington. But like you say, if there is a team that really could prove to be a bogey, so, I, you know, the Colts are right up there. That defense is stingy and it probably doesn't play to Brady's advantages in terms of how the Colts defense plays. So it, it's going to be one of the more interesting matchups of the week. And I don't think that they're going to run away with it. But I do think that the Bucks will keep the Colts honest it's, the, it's probably the Bucks' defense that wins it for me. Like you say, Wentz isn't exactly too far away from a few stupid moves, and the Bucks can definitely um, force him into that sort of situation. Uh, so I reckon that the Titans probably have a couple more weeks before they have to be too worried.
0: Yeah, certainly a couple of tasty ones there in the early window. Let's move later on then to the 9:05 and the 9:25 window. Broncos Chargers, one of those um, you know divisional matchups. Again, I think everybody's probably higher on the Chargers because of the points that they put on the ball. But the Broncos at home, um, you know, they've proved in the last couple of weeks that they're a force to be reckoned with. Certainly on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, obviously bigger win. Well, a bigger game for the Broncos in the respect that if they win, they tie the Chargers record. If they lose, they're obviously a couple of games back. Um, Steve, I've probably been highest of any of us on this podcast on the Broncos' chances. Um, it's a case of put up or shut up. I think we, we're getting to that stage of the season now, aren't we?
1: <laughs> Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, the way that the AFC is shaping up, you're not going to get in on a 500 record, you're just not, like, you know, if they lose this week they go to six and uh, five and six, sorry um, and you'd imagine especially with losses against divisional rivals that that's probably going to be done and dusted um, this this Broncos team is so hot and cold, you never know what you're going to get week to week um, you know, um, Vic Fangio always seems to be on the hot seat, everyone's always picking him for to be the next one to go but, you know, he's led a Teddy Bridge water led Broncos offense to five and five in a really tough division um with you know some real youth on the team and, and some and some injuries to contend with as well um so you know I think that the Broncos are having a sort of very middling season I don't think they're really going above or below expectations I think this is probably where most people expected them to be um I would imagine the Chargers will win this the Chargers have come off losing three of uh, four um and then they managed to, to pull out the win against the Steelers, which is, you know, it's always good when you can put out a hard fought win and concede 37 points, but still win the game. That shows a lot of sort of character to be able to do that. So the Chargers will be buoyed from that. And, and they need to really make this the kickstart to their season, especially if they're going to keep up with the chiefs, because the chiefs are certainly not done and dusted as division winners. Absolutely not. Um, So if they want to keep up with the chiefs, they've really got to start winning some of these closer games. Yeah. Um, but also, let's not forget, Denver wrapped up two of their uh, wide receivers with contract extensions mm. this week. Both Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton earning themselves a nice little uh, pay packet over the next few years. So, thoroughly yeah. deserved, though. They've both been excellent this year. Yeah, yeah certainly.
2: Guess that, Sutton just, that Sutton was wrapped up. I was a quite liked him in a uh, in bidding <laughs> war in the summer.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, some big money going there. Josh, let throw one to you. 49ers, Vikings. You said the Vikings probably the best five-win team in football. Um, chance for them to prove it here against the 49ers team who, again, very, very inconsistent. Two 500 teams. They don't feel like two 500 teams, do they? The Vikings do seem to be a lot better, but they're actually both five and five. So, you know, another big one in terms of that um, sort of, you know, seventh, seven, six, six, seven seed, that sort of playoff bubble, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so... I think that in terms of performances, the Vikings have definitely been up there. Most of their losses have been really tight losses, whereas the 49ers are a lot more up and down. Um, and to be honest, you, that probably guides me towards picking the Vikings in this game in any case. But let's not, uh, let's not poo-poo the um, the 49ers charge of late. You know, they really have sort of come out of nowhere. They seem to have found some form of identity, you know, with Jimmy G under center you know, he seems to have found something that works as well, to, you know, in a game manager sort of uh, type role. Uh, Carl Shanahan seems to have drawn something up to keep it going. Um, I just wonder whether or not it's actually a bit of a false dawn when I look back at the results, you know, winning against the Jags, you know, pretty much anybody can beat the Jags at this rate. Some college teams could probably give it a go. Um you know, were the Rams really at their uh, at their truest self when they came to play them? I don't know. Uh, the Cardinals, I believe that the Cardinals won that with Colt McCoy, and that was when there were a few players out as well. Uh, beat the Bears, see Jags, um, then lost to the Colts, lost to the Cardinals, lost to the Seahawks. And, you know, was that the Geno Smith-led Seahawks that the uh, 49ers lost to? Yeah, so whilst there has been a recent, I I feel like the, you know, the core of this 49ers team is relatively rotten. And I was high on them at the start of the season. If if we have listeners that go back that far, I actually thought that they had a good chance of winning the uh, division. Uh, God, was I proved wrong. Um, But this is the sort of game that if the Vikings win it, they will be able to say, look at you guys for doubting us. We really are this good. We've just been on the wrong side of coin flips all season. And I'll be the first to, I'll be the first to congratulate them because they deserve it.
0: Yeah. Steve mentioned earlier, it's this stage of the season, these wins become more important. And like you say, it feels very much a case of whichever one loses, is going to find themselves in a pretty deep hole. Um, And like I said, they're both going into full of optimism. So, yeah, certainly a big game with them both at 500. Um, Biggest game in terms of probably, you know, teams with the best records going against each other, the Packers and the Rams. Um, When you actually break it down, and I've been high on the Rams, but when you actually look at what the Rams have beaten this year, they haven't actually beaten anybody decent, fellas. So, is this just actually going to be a bit of a cakewalk for the Packers at Lambeau,
1: Steve? Um, Maybe, if it wasn't for, for Aaron Rodgers' weird toy injury that's worse than turf toy said i don't know how that's possible but um yeah I, the the rams are a bit of an enigma this year aren't they like be, you know they came out of the blocks and were Seven uh, one at one point, and now they've lost back to back games, and they could very well lose a third because the Packers are a great team, especially when they're at Lambeau. Um, and the Packers will be coming fresh off a loss, a surprise loss to to the Minnesota um, in a divisional game where they put up, they had thirty four points put up against them, so they won't want to repeat that. Um, and the Packers go into a bye after this week, so I think the the Packers are going to want to make sure that they can end, you know, get to nine wins and then go on the bye and hopefully Aaron Rodgers. Can let his toe heal. Meanwhile, the Rams need to. They're in a mini slump, and if yeah, yeah. if they don't sort it out, they run the risk of this season. Or not maybe not the season, but certainly getting away from it. If they got seven and four. This is the Rams team that a lot of us had. I mean, I I had them going sort of you know 14 15 wins sort of thing yeah you know, conference certain, sort of yeah.
2: conference level yeah absolutely, absolutely.
1: I, I think a lot of us would probably have penciled this in to be maybe the NFC championship game you know yeah. this is this is that type of fixture that the the you know the the quality of these two teams we could well be seeing this again late January um so it's it's a real tough one to pick I think you are right that the Rams apart from the books I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks back apart from the books the Rams' schedule has been surprisingly kind and they've they, you know they've had to play teams like the Giants the Lions the Texans the the Bears you know the Colts back when the Colts were dreadful um, and they've still got games against the Jaguars you know and and, and obviously divisional games against uh, against the Seahawks uh, and the 49ers which you'd probably expect them to win um it's I just can't figure them out and they need their, these all these big free agency signings that they're that they're you know trading for. They need to they need him to start performing. You know, if Von Miller's gonna gonna justify those draft picks they just gave away from him, he needs to start playing. He can't just be a nothing for the rest of this season. The Rams, they they said we are all in. Since they put that tweet up, they're all in too. So maybe they need to be less all in and they just need to focus on winning football games. But I actually <laughs> think that the Packers will win this. I think obviously depending on how Aaron Rodgers is and if he's you know if he's if he's hurt then maybe not. But if he is at full health, then I think I I'd, I'd probably pick the Packers. I think the Packers are a really good side. I think last week was a bit of an uncharacteristic loss, but they'll be wanting to bounce back. And um and David Bakhtiari might actually be playing this week as well and he's a hell of a player on that all line yeah
2: true i have a i have a tongue-in-cheek point and then i have a question for you both on this so my tongue-in-cheek point is is this the odell beckham effect just might be you know ever since he's come in everything seems to have fallen down on the rams season i feel like it's not a coincidence and then my cheeky question packers rams do we see either of them in the NFC conference game in January? Right now, right this second, do you see either of them in that title game?
1: Yes, yes, I think I could see the Packers in there definitely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have gone Rams rather than Packers on that one personally. We- that's just because I think that Aaron Rodgers Rodgers is a bottle show. But
1: <laughs> Dev- Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. We could be here all night, fellas. We could.
2: We could. Let's roll on. I just wanted a bit of fun. We. we I, I like forcing you to predict the future because you hate it with every fibre of your body.
0: Because we've been so good at it this year, Josh is what you're trying to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've been so good at it. <laughs> exactly. um, I've left it deliberately till the end, fellas. Um, the AFC North, the only division in football where every team is above 500 through 11 weeks of the season in the last 10 years or over the last 10 years. Last time it happened... Uh, sorry, within the last 10 years. Last time it happened, the AFC North in 2014.
2: <laughs> naturally.
0: Um, yeah, naturally. So, yeah, every team in the AFC North above 500. Um, incredible, really. Yet um, everyone
2: seems terrible.
0: Yeah, look, it, it, it is very symptomatic of the season, isn't it? You know, I, I, I honestly... I think you could make an argument for every one of these four te- teams Absolutely. still with the yeah. division,
2: really, um, which is what we love. It's like the NFC Least, but with good, good <laughs> records.
0: Indeed. And as it happens, the way the schedule makers have done it, it is AFC North versus AFC North in the two games that we haven't touched on yet. So let's start with the one in the early window. Bengals against the Steelers. Um, huge win for the Bengals. Much needed Um you know, against the Raiders 32 to 13 um, off the back of a bye week where they'd had to sort of stew on the fact they'd had a good beating from the Browns the week prior. Um, But they certainly come back with a get right game there. The Steelers, Quite impressive, as we said, in defeat against the Chargers. Whatever you think of Big Ben, and look, we've been critical of him and, and all the rest of it. He's obviously been a thorn in our side for years, Josh, but you know, this offence certainly is an awful lot better with him in. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, this is a huge matchup um, in the early window. I'm really annoyed the Steelers have got that goddamn tie on their record, It really does just complicate everything further, that the Browns with six wins are still at the bottom of the league, and the Steelers with five are above them, but it is what it is, um, but Steve, let's, let's come to you first. Bengal
1: Steelers, um, how do you see this one going? I told you, 100-yard dashes for centres at the end of the game, and then there's no ties. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a really tough one to call, it really is, because every week, is every week you want to write off the Steelers because they're aging, you know, that they've missed some key players on, on, on offense. And, and I think is uh, TJ Watt still questionable this week. Minka Mm Fitzpatrick still out. So they're missing players on defense as well. I think Joe Hayden's questionable as well. I don't know if he's yet to play. Um, Obviously all of that could change, but with Minka Fitzpatrick, definitely. out, He's a big loss. He's such a good player for them at safety. Um, so you just never know and, and sometimes like you know early in the season when Beth Rossesberger was trotting out there and you look you look at him and you sort of feel pity for him because it's like wow this guy should have retired last year because he looks like he's way past it. And then he goes and puts thirty-seven points up against the Chargers. Like, you know, he's definitely still got it. And and I think this this adds more, you know, fuel to the fire that is is Mike Tomlin and how good he is as a coach. Um, you know, he keeps getting performances out of this Steelers team. You can never quite write off the Steelers, much to your or two's demise, I'm sure. Um, you know they're they're never out until they're out. And and they, and I, whilst I don't think the Steelers will make the playoffs this year, I think they will finish on a, with a positive record. It wouldn't surprise me if they go sort of ten, eight, and one. It really wouldn't. Like you know they're that type of team. We said it. We said it. You know a few weeks. It would back, surprise me
2: if they went ten, eight, and one, and they've had nineteen regular season Sorry. games. Sorry, everywhere. my Sorry. goodness, uh, it's confusing you.
1: <laughs> it is confusing me. I'm trying to work it all out with that bloody
2: one. 10, they shouldn't six, have time. 10, Ten six, six and, and one,
1: one. Or, or even nine seven and one. You know, it's it. They could finish with a positive record. Is my point. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it. The, this Steelers team, you never sort of put them away. But Bengal, the Bengals are. They came. They had two awful losses. You know, they they put up. They had 34 and 41 points put up against them in back-to-back weeks, and one of them was against the Jets, and the Jets are just dreadful. So, you know, they, they will be pleased that they came back against the Raiders and were able to beat the Raiders. Um, and this is a real test for them. Then, you know, the Raiders are a team that were in a bit of a slide, um, and this is a real test against a team that are you know potentially going to be much better than the Raiders against them. So, it's a it's a real test. I would like to call it um I think the Bengals are probably you know in terms of if you look at the stat sheet stats don't always tell everything but the Bengals are probably the team you'd pick on the stat sheet but you know we've seen games where the Burrow chase connection just hasn't worked and here we've seen games where it's worked to the tune of 200 yards so you know it, it just all depends on a number of factors in terms of does Joe Burrow show up does Ben Roethlisberger show up is the Steelers defense you know working you know can the Bengals defense stop the run you know, is Najee Harris going to have a game? There's so many questions, and I think it's going to be a real tight one. Oh, the, has anyone ever finished with two ties? <laughs> no, 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 kick them out of the league. Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs>
2: well, two team, two ties would be terrible here because the Steelers oh. actually have the chance to be the only team to go five hundred this year. Yeah. You know, they yes. a, they actually have the opportunity to go eight, eight, and one, of yeah. which is exactly where I want them to be because I want a five hundred <laughs> this year. I, I want it to happen in the first year of the seventeen-game season. Um, I'm only going to add a couple of points <clears throat> onto this. Um, one. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know what's happening now. I'm about to talk badly about Steelers, which means that the uh, the gods are definitely taking over. Um, first things first, the Steelers only had 10 points until the fourth quarter on Monday. I think that that's important to know in uh, a game where they were playing a rush defense that's terrible and they have Najee Harris. They weren't able to get him going at all. Until towards the end. And even then, Big Ben was basically throwing at that point anyway. And the defense was making plays in order to keep them out on the field and scoring points. So I think that the Steelers, the scoreline flattered them somewhat. Even though they did bring it close, I feel like it was a little flattering. Also, if their secondary continues to be that banged up, I think that Jamar Chase is going to have the freedom to be able to have one of those 200 days. You know, I think that realistically, you know, I talk about teams being in good spots, playing other teams. Jamar Chase is going to be in that position on Sunday, I think. So if if you're looking for a get out of jail free card for the Bengals, it's that secondary. And also TJ Watt, if he's not ready, that, that D-line becomes a lot less of a threat, of which helps a team like the Bengals.
0: No, it certainly does. Like you say, tough one to call. Uh, Well, well, let's face it, we probably couldn't call any game this week or any week. That's seemingly the way the season has gone. Uh, We round out the week, Sunday night football with the Browns and the Ravens. Josh will back me up on this. I said when the schedule was released about five months ago now that the Browns season would come down to weeks 12 and weeks 14. And absolutely nothing has changed in that regard. As God awful as the Cleveland Browns have been for the vast majority of the season, Win two games in the next three weeks. There's every chance they'll be leading the division. Lose this weekend. There's every chance that you're starting to look ahead to the draft. Um, good news on the injury front from Cleveland's perspective: Kareem Hunt, Jack Conklin expected to be back. Big news on the Ravens from an injury perspective: He's just what on earth is going on with Lamar Jackson? Seemingly a very, very bizarre case that, and, and the are adamant he that he's still ill. Yeah, they're, well, they still ill as it stands. They're adamant it's not COVID, but it's a very, very strange thing that all of a sudden kept him out of the uh, the game last week. You'd imagine he's going to go um, when this one rolls around. But, Steve, bring you in first, as we always do, with the neutral perspective on it. Um, Ravens obviously going to be favoured. You know, they've got the better record. They're the ones at home. Um, you know, how do you see this one shaping up?
1: Well, according to uh, an interview um, earlier today, Lamar Jackson said he is 120% certain that he's playing this weekend. 120%. What, what? so weird. So, yeah, it, it, Jackson's <laughs> had COVID before as well. Don't forget, he's had it. So, it'd be, it'd be strange if he got it again. But, yeah, it's very odd that he missed last week. But, you know, the Browns still got it done. And that's... The, and, sorry, not the Browns. The Ravens still got it done. And, and that's the sign of a good team is winning when you're missing people and missing key players like your quarterback. Um, I echo exactly what you said. This is make-or-break territory for the Browns. This is... Your sort of season begins now. Like, if you lose what you know this season's done you know you're six and six with a bye week and then five more games you, you i don't see where you're not going to win five of those games you know you'd be lucky if you win three and at that point you're finishing nine and eight and that's probably not going to get you in on the afc so you know this is it season begins here type situation if the, if you win those these two games you move to eight and five and have two wins against the ravens um you know, and and that's massive in the division, especially with uh, games that you've already lost. So it's, it's it is very much make or break territory. Um, these injuries coming back might be a bit too soon, um, and perhaps the more strongest Cleveland squad might be after the bye um, in, in in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but I think there's there's questions already beginning to be asked about Cleveland and and where they go from here, and you know the the, the Baker Mayfield contract is coming up soon and what do you do there um what do you do at wide receiver because i think there's definitely something that's not happening there um you know running the running backs can't seem to stay healthy this year um you know it's been a a, a topsy-turvy year in cleveland but i think definitely the season starts here and if they want to have any chance of, of reaching the playoffs they have to win this weekend if i would be willing to make the ball claim i think you already made sean if you lose this weekend you're not making it and i think this the season's done
0: Yeah, Josh, bring you in, buddy.
2: So, I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, First of all, Lamar Jackson did return to practice today. So, in terms of him likely to play on Sunday, that does look to be the case. Whether or not he is as fit as he would like is a different question. I reckon that that will be big because Lamar Jackson versus the Browns, he doesn't do excellently against the Browns. They've had great results against them, but brown's defense in recent years has known how to keep a lock on him at least for three quarters like most of the league so as to whether or not they can keep that going is going to be very important i think that jeremiah wusu koromora you know this is his game you know in baltimore under the lights he was drafted for this moment take it with both hands I I want to see the defense put it on the plate for the offense. The offense is not firing right now. Like you say, Steve, I think that Conklin and Hunt, it's brilliant that they're back. And I think it's going to make a material difference to a team that is banged up at the moment. But it might just be a game too soon for them to have tangible benefits in terms of points and anything else. Um, so i think that it's going to be on the defense to keep this close and to allow them to have that impact um i personally i personally don't see this as a must win i see this as a as a probably have to win yeah it sounds like i'm giving us an extra week to get out of jail free here but i think that When you consider the teams that are on the Ravens level, so you know, you got the Packers, for example, in the schedule later on down the line, of which would probably have to be the must win if that gets, uh, if we end up losing this one. I think that if we lose, if the Browns lose this one, then they have to win after the bye. You can't lose both, you probably have to win both. And I think this is going to go down to the wire. I, um, I've i said in both of the pods yesterday that I was on that I could see the Browns doing what they've done against every good team this year of which is getting to an offensive slug slug battle where we end up scoring four touchdowns each, but we get a field goal and they end up going with the uh, go-ahead touchdown right at the death. I think I predicted 35-31 everywhere just because – as Browns fans, we know what it's like to get burned by the Ravens in the last minutes of games. I do think that they are the slightly better team on paper, um, especially currently. There are issues with that offense in, in Cleveland at the moment. That is undeniable. But if there's one thing, which I think that everyone around here can say, is that whenever Baker Mayfield has been questioned, he has come up with the goods. Maybe not the Ws, but he's come up with the goods in terms of performances every time. So I think you're going to see a high scoring game on Sunday night.
1: What I would just put to you just quickly um is and you mentioned that this might not be perhaps like a, a must win game and and perhaps it isn't but if you look at Cleveland's schedule after this game. Obviously, there's the bye week, and then they play the Ravens again. And they've got the Raiders. They got a Lambo to play the Packers, and they yep. go to the Steelers, and they f- and yep. finish against the Bengals. So two
2: obviously divisional games.
1: Oh, you have to win it all afterwards.
2: You have to win so it. all. So
1: if if this isn't a must-win game, then all of a sudden those five become must-wins. <laughs> yeah, and you're not. Yeah, going absolutely. Then...
2: That that is kind of my point. Though is that I refuse to roll off the season on Monday morning at four a.m. if we lose, but every game after that then becomes a knockout
1: and then if you do lose to let's just play the game if you do lose to the to the ravens and then you you again fall behind in the divisional matchup and let's just assume that the ravens do win the division if if the browns do sneak in in the seventh seed let's just say Mm -hmm. do the brown are the browns going to win the second beat the second seed in the afc are they going to beat a ravens team or a patriots team or maybe even a chiefs team you know, with this Browns team the way it is right now, I think they need this momentum. They need this momentum shift because they can't yeah, keep worry losing, about that and, later. Winning, losing yeah, but, and winning. Losing
2: and Yeah, but worry about the playoffs later. Just get into it first.
1: Well, you have got to get into it by winning games, and if you can't well, exactly. beat the Ravens, but, then... but,
2: but my but my point being is that eleven and six, I think eleven and six in the AFC will see you through. Eleven, eleven and six, I think is the yardstick. Really. Ten and just... ten and seven's probably the in the hunt line. I think eleven and six gets you in. You know, I... ten and seven's always been the the yardstick. Well sorry, ten and six before the seventeenth game was always the yardstick to get in. I think that bumps up a game with this. So on paper it's not done, but I, I agree with you that you know, if they lose this, then every single game has to be a win. And they have to probably hope that something else happens elsewhere. They aren't winning five in a row.
1: They're probably not even winning four in a row, let alone five. So,
0: Yeah. I, I'm very much in the camp that it's season on the line. I hate to say it, Josh. And I hope I'm wrong, obviously. But I very much think it's season on the line. I think the only way Cleveland gets in is winning the division they've got. <laughs> Too many losses already in the AFC for my liking, and can't afford to lose any more. Well, do you the think the four
2: game. teams in the wild card are going to end up eleven and six?
0: Uh, quite possibly, and I don't see the Browns going to Lambeau on Christmas Day and winning. So I'm already marking that one down as a loss. So like I say, for me, this is very much. They need to win. Look, they've built a team to try and beat the Ravens. If the personnel is fit and healthy, they've got the personnel to potentially do it. Um, we'll wait and see. Look, nothing surprises you week in and week out at all. So um, we will wait and see. But it's all about can anybody be consistent? That's why we're praising the Patriots at the minute because of the consistent run they've put together. That's why we're praising the Eagles. Um, You know, There's not many teams that are doing it consistently. And one thing, Cleveland haven't been all year, is consistent. So let's see if they find some form this week. That is it, boys. Bit of a disjointed week with the the Bake Off final earlier in the week and all the rest of it. So we've only done the one pod this week. But like I say, plenty to get your teeth into ahead of plenty of action. Um, Obviously, three games on the Gogglebox for you. Thursday, the usual Sunday fair. We'll be back, hopefully, as usual next week, I would assume, to wrap it all up and all the rest of it. Um, Until that time, hope you enjoy it. And we will catch you all next week on the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, fulltenyards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.